The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Uh, I'm Pastor Chris. Great, great to have you with us today. Man, what a beautiful day it is here in Charleston. What a great weekend. It finally starts to feel a little bit like fall for us here in the low country. Uh, but what a great day, great weekend. We're in week four of this series called Daring Faith. And man, what a great kickoff it's been to this series. We've had an exciting time already. we got more people in groups than ever before. Uh, over 300 people fasting and praying. And it's just been an uh, awesome experience so far for Daring Faith. In fact, um, I would encourage you today uh, to just uh, join with us in what's going on uh, here at Coastal. If you haven't done so yet, uh, even though we started fasting like two weeks ago, Who's not to say that you can begin this week and join, join us? Um, every day we're um, praying and going through a daily devotional. And uh, this morning, uh, uh, we still have some copies left of our daily devotional. And I believe today is week uh, day 14. And uh, so you can pick this up on the back table back there. Uh, even if you're not in a group, this is our, our life group study guide, but it also contains our daily devotional. And we would love for you just to kind of continue right along with us as we are praying and uh, spending time in God's Word every day. Uh, there's also our Daring Faith magazine back there that explains what we are doing together as a church. As we go through this Daring Faith campaign as a church, we are daring to believe and stepping out in faith, and we're going to attempt something great for God uh, this coming year, and you get to be a part of it. And the magazine explains all of that. Again, I, th I think we still have some more coloring books back there uh, for our kids, and then, of course, there's the family uh, change jar for for you to collect your change. So all of that um, is back there in the back. Um, I hope your fast is going well. Normally I don't like to share uh, what, you know, I'm fasting for my fast. I think that should be kept private. But today I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. Just a little funny story. So I decided uh, to fast meat. Because uh, if you know Pastor Chris, I love me some meat. I love to grill. Um, I, you know, all that. So I'm fasting meat, which has not been terrible yet. Although in my life group, the first two weeks, the first week, somebody brought wings. And I was like, oh man, wings. I love me some wings, you know. And then last week it was homemade chili. And then yesterday um, I went to the Clemson game. You ever walk down like, you know, when people are tailgating and you're fasting meat? I mean, it's just not a pleasant experience. So uh, anyway, so pray for Pastor Chris as I uh, become a vegetarian for the next 40 days. So uh, if you got any good vegetable recipes, let me know. Pass them on to me. Um, but hey, guess what? So today, I am wearing black. I'm wearing black for two reasons. One, I want to celebrate with all of you uh, Carolina Gamecock fans. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, what a day, what a game, what a victory. And then, of course, I'm in mourning for Chris Raynew and uh, all the Georgia Bulldogs fans. So uh, check on Chris, you know, make sure he's not going to jump off a bridge this week. But uh, I think he's doing all right. But truthfully, man, yesterday goes perfectly with today's sermon, this series, because we are talking about daring to believe. Nothing great happens in this life until someone dreams a great dream and imagines that it can happen. In fact, I think that one of the greatest gifts that God has given you is the gift of imagination. Uh, it is the ability to see things in your mind, uh, to think, to create, to dream. Uh, the Bible tells us, in fact, that God imagined the universe 
and it was created. He thought it up before it became a reality. In fact, I think many ways we are most like God when we are being creative, when we're dreaming, when we're thinking. Uh, Think about it. Everything starts with imagination. I mean, nothing becomes a reality until somebody first thinks it up. Every great business, every great company, every great piece of art, every musical note. In fact, even this church, somebody had to dream it. Somebody had to imagine it before it became a reality. Everything that has ever been created on on planet Earth by human beings started in the imagination of somebody's mind. And I happen to believe that that is a gift from God. Now, what I want us to do today as we continue on in this series, Daring Faith, is I want to talk about the relationship between imagination and faith. And truthfully, here's what I hope to happen today. I hope to help unlock your imagination in a way that has never been done before, or that maybe had been done in the past, but has been dormant for a while. In fact, I really believe that this could make a major difference in your life if you allow God to expand the way you think about your family, about your career, your life, your future, your health, your finances, everything. If you will simply dare to imagine, dare to dream. So number one, if you're taking notes, my imagination shapes my life. It shapes my life. In other words, the way you think, your thoughts, they they affect the way you feel. And then the way you feel affects the way you behave, the way you act. So again, think about that. If you want to change your behavior, You've got to first change the way you think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The way God works in your life is through your thoughts. For example, the person who says, I can't, and the person who says, I can. They're both right. Because if you think you can't, you can't. And if you think you can, you might just possibly can't. The person who says, I can't imagine that ever happening to me, guess what? It absolutely will not. It won't. So let me ask you today, what kind of person are you? Are you an I can person or an I can't? The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 4.23, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Listen to some of these great quotes from famous people about imagination. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will take you everywhere. There's no limit to imagination. The true sign of intelligence, this is from Albert Einstein, is not knowledge, but imagination. Napoleon, imagination rules the world. That great theologian George Lucas Uh, You can't do it unless you imagine it. Walt Disney. Disney World will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. Or there is still money in the pockets of Americans. Anyway, um, but number two, number two, imagination is essential to living by faith. It's essential. It's an essential part of living by faith. If you, in fact, you cannot live by faith, you can't dare to believe 
without using your imagination. Hebrews 11.1, 1, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Uh, notice two things there. Faith is a way of seeing. God says it's the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Now, God gave all of us, every human being, two ways of seeing. First, you see, of course, through your physical eyes, right? But the second way you can see is through your mind's eye, through your imagination. And it says here that faith is when you hope for something and you know it's going to happen. But in order for something to happen, you've got to first picture it in your mind. You remember when you were a kid at Christmas and there were uh, gifts wrapped underneath the Christmas tree and you saw ones that had your name on it? And what did you do? You started imagining you know, what was inside that box. And you got excited because you were picturing it in your mind. You couldn't see it yet, but you were imagining that gift. Well, imagination is a tool that you have to use to walk by faith with Christ. Because you can't see God, you've got to imagine. And God has actually given us several tools uh, to help us along in our imagination. Think about it. Communion. Baptism. They're both symbols that engage what? Our imagination. They help us visualize. Baptism is this outward picture, this illustration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We, you are buried with Christ underwater, and you are raised to new life in Christ, right? Like baptism, communion. It is this physical picture of, of Jesus giving his body and his blood for our salvation. There are tools that God uses to engage our minds, our imagination. You know, think about it. The rest of Hebrews chapter 11 actually is about all of these great heroes of the faith. And every one of them became a hero of the faith because they dreamed, they used their imagination. You know, God said to Abraham, Abraham, you're 90 years old and you have no children, but I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of a great nation. Now, for about a decade, though, Abraham still has no children. I mean, how embarrassing would that be? You walk around and your name literally means father of a great nation, and you don't have any kids. And then one day, God tells Abraham, to go outside and to count the stars. And he says, Abraham, that's how many children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren you're going to have in your family tree. They're going to become the nation of Israel. Count the stars, Abraham. Can you imagine? Can you dream? You know, what's God doing there? He was activating his imagination. He's saying, listen, I want you to think about this. I want you to visualize what I can do in your life. Look at the next verse there, 2 Corinthians 4.18. We set our eyes on, not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see will only last a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. What in the world is he talking about there? Well, again, he's talking about, you know, again, this, this idea, this, this multidimensional sight that we have. He says, you know, the physical things that you can see with your eyes, they're only temporary. And they're not going to last. Now, we act and think like they're going to last forever, but he says they're not. But it's the things you can't see. 
the things that you have to imagine and dream. He goes, that's reality. Those things are going to last. So, your imagination, it shapes your life. It's essential to living by faith. And number three, great lives are built around great dreams. Great lives are built around great dreams. Nobody is naturally just a, you know, a great person. You don't just pop out of the womb you know, uh, a great person. No, you become great by attaching yourself to a great purpose, you know, a great dream, something bigger than yourself that pulls you out of your self-centeredness. That's what makes you great. And so that's what this series is all about, right? During Daring Faith, I want to help you unlock your imagination. I want you to, to dream and to visualize and to, and to think about what God might be able to do through your career. You know, how God might be able to use your future, your finances, your family, your giving, your ministry, our church. This next verse, this is my prayer for you today. It's my prayer as a pastor uh, during the series in general. Listen to this, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, Look at that verse for a second. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What in the world is he talking about there? The eyes of your heart. Nobody has physically has eyes in their heart. That doesn't make sense because he's not talking about your physical eyes. He's talking about your mind's eye, your eye of faith. He's talking about your imagination. He's saying, I pray that your imagination would come alive with faith. So that you would be able to see God's calling, God's dream, God's purpose for your life. Now the reality is, most people today miss their calling. Why? Because they're following their dream. Instead of God's dream. I want you to hear this loud and clear today. I'm not here today. I'm not interested in you following your dream, chasing your dream. No, I'm interested in something far bigger. I'm interested in you chasing God's dream for your life, following God's dream. And that leads me to number four. You see, God's dream is bigger than my dream. It's bigger than my dream. Ephesians 3.20 from the message. God can do anything. You know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm a pretty big dreamer. And yet God says, Chris, you think of the greatest thing I could do in your life. You think of the greatest way I could bless your life. Dream the biggest dream, the greatest vision. I can top it. See, I think we have no idea what God really wants to do in our lives. The sad thing is I, I think many times we're just living a small fraction of what we're truly capable of of what God wants to do through us. Coastal, God wants you to dream big. You see, you should base your dream not on what you think you could do, but you should base your dream on what you think God could do through you. See, the question is not, who do you think you are? No, the real question is, who do you really think God is? 
You see, that's the issue. Write this down. Let the size of my God determine the size of my dream. I've got to let the the size of my God, listen, not the size of of your gifts and talents, not not the size of your bank account, not your age, not your gender, not your past. Let the size of God determine the size of your dream. God's dream for your life is probably far bigger than your dream. But number five, doubt and fear are the enemy of imagination. Doubt and fear are the enemy of imagination. Doubt and fear neutralize what God wants to do through you. What God wants to do in your life. Now, it takes courage to dream a dream. It takes courage to imagine. Why? Well, why do most people not imagine? You know why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of what other people might think. You know, when you were a kid, you had a great imagination, didn't you? I mean, that's what's awesome about children. I think that's why Jesus said, you know, we have to have the faith like a a little child. We have to become like little children. Because children have massive amounts of imagination. But the older you get, the more your imagination grows rusty, and you stop imagining things and dreaming things, and you just kind of just start living the way things are, and you settle. And you think nothing can change. And you stop using that imagination muscle in your life. Doubt is the enemy of imagination. That's why it takes courage. By the way, what is courage? Well, courage is doing the thing that you fear the most. If you're not afraid, you don't need courage. Courage only happens when you're scared to death and you say, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to move forward anyway. I'm going to take that next step anyway. And guess what? That's when God shows up. That's when God shows up. You say, well, Pastor Chris, you know, shouldn't I just kind of chill and, you know, kind of wait it out until the fear subsides, until the fear is gone? No. Do you know why? Because it's never going to go away. In fact, I don't think it's going to go away until you move against it. That's when it leaves. James 1, 5 and 7, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Listen, your imagination in, in life, it is either going to be governed by your fear, or it's going to be governed by faith. It is absolutely your choice. Now, if you let your imagination govern be governed by fear, you're going to walk around through life being stressed out, worried all the time, freaked out. You know, you're, again, you're worried about what people are going to think. You know, you're, you're worried about, you know, are you going to have enough? When you let fear control your imagination, you live a miserable life. You know, there's a great story in the Bible about a man who had a son who was sick, and he brings this boy uh, to Jesus for healing. 
Mark 9, 22 and 24. The man said to Jesus, please heal my son if you can. Jesus replied, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father replied, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. Man, I I love the honesty of that guy, right? He goes, I believe, Jesus, I do believe. I mean, Jesus, I brought him to you. I believe. I've just got some doubts. In fact, one translation says, Lord, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. Now, this is important. Do you know what Jesus' response was? He said, good enough. And he heals the boy right there on the spot. You see, I think the sooner that you and I you know, learn that you do not have to have all your doubts resolved or all your questions answered in order to walk by faith, in order to follow Jesus and enjoy all the benefits of it, the better off you're going to be. Let me tell you something. I've been walking with Jesus for over 40 years now, and I still have questions. You know, sometimes it's like the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. I still have doubts. And what, what I've learned over the years is, I don't have to have everything figured out. I don't have to understand everything in order to trust, in order to walk by faith. God, I believe. Just help me with my doubts. And you know what? I think God says, good enough. Let's do it. You know, one of the reasons why why, why doubt and fear are so dangerous is because over time, they they begin to cause the, the, the dreams in our life, the imagination, to dissipate, to, to, to leak out. You know, a, a lot of people, maybe a lot of you, here today, watching online, maybe, you know, you started off in life with a great dream. I mean, a big dream, a big goal, and a great purpose to live for. Maybe that's the way you started out, off. But over time... It just began to leak out a little bit, to dissipate. It's kind of like a, like a helium balloon. You know, somebody buys, uh, somebody buys you helium balloons, and you know, maybe you put them up in your house or put them up in your office, and man, like, man, they're standing up, they're standing tall, but then like three or four days later, what happens? They begin to, you know, droop, right? And they're like, you know, just a couple of feet off the floor. Now, nobody went by and, you know, poked them with a pin or anything like that. They didn't like, you know, explode or leak out all at once. No, it just started to leak a little a little by little over time. And some of you are just like that. And today you're flat and droopy spiritually because you're not dreaming anymore. You're not believing anymore. And so what, you, what you've got to do is you've got to re-energize that dream periodically. You've got you to fill it up. You've got to refuel it. Which leads me to number six. Number six, God's Spirit and God's Word fuel my imagination. God's Spirit and God's Word. You know, these are the two sources that God has provided to energize us. To energize your dream when you've you've leaked, when you've run out of gas. 
He gives you His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And He gives you His Word, the promises of the Bible. Look at John 14. Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. For He lives with you and will be in you. That's where the power comes from. Listen, I'm not talking about, again, just chasing after your dream. This is not like self-help psychology. This is not build yourself up with a positive mental attitude. No, this is the Holy Spirit of God working in you and through you, giving you a power that you don't have. Now, the other source for, for refueling your life and your dream is God's Word. God's Word, Psalm 119, open my eyes. There's that, that visual again, right? Again, you can all physically see. He's not talking about that. Open your eyes to see the wonderful truths in your law. Help me to understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful miracles. See how those two things go together? So, so how do you do that? Write this down. The key to maintaining a vision and a dream for your entire life is simply having a daily quiet time. Having a daily quiet time. Man, we talk about this all the time here at Coastal. Let me tell you something. That's why this is so important. That's why we got this in your hands. So that every day you have something to read, a little part, part of God's Word, a time of devotion, a time of prayer. A daily quiet time is a time with you, with God's Word, and His Spirit where you're alone with Him. And you're listening to God through His Word, through His Spirit. And you're talking to God like He's your friend, your Father. You're praying, you're thinking, you're meditating. You are dreaming. Listen, that, that energizes your life, your God-given vision. And if you're not doing that on a regular basis, let me tell you something. It's no wonder you're droopy. It's no wonder you've leaked. Because that's where the power comes from. You've got to be in His Word. You've got to be in the Spirit. That's how He refuels your, your imagination. Number seven, sometimes this is an issue. Growing my character will also clarify my vision. Growing my character. And what I mean by that is that if you are having a hard time Getting God's plan, God's dream, His call for your life. If you just can't see it, it's very possible that you need to focus on growing up spiritually. Growing up. Because the more mature you are, the more you grow in Christ, the clearer the vision is. And as you add character qualities in your life, the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to be able to see things a lot more clearly. In fact, that's exactly what the Bible talks about in 2 Peter chapter 1. Listen to this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Now, notice this progression. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process. He's talking about growth here. Add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, if you're growing up, if you're maturing in Jesus Christ, he says, 
They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, that's my goal for you. You know, as your pastor and somebody who is somewhat responsible for your spiritual growth as a coach, you know, my goal is that you will become more effective and productive as you grow up, as you develop these qualities. I want you to be more productive. I want you to be more useful. And he says, but if anyone does not have them, he is what? What does he say? You are nearsighted and what? Blind. Now again, he's not, talking, he's not talking about taking away your physical sight. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got something to do with your, your faith, your imagination, your spiritual vision, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Again, one reason you possibly can't see God's vision in your life Quite frankly, it's because you're not growing up spiritually. You're still just a baby. And let me tell you something. Even though, yes, I'm a coach, I can't make you get on the field. It's not my job to chase you around. I'm not, I'm not the spiritual police. That's not my role. Man, I'm here to spur you on. I'm here to encourage you. Man, that's what groups are all about. We can put you in the, in the environment, but I can't force you. I can't make you come to church. I can't make that be a priority in your life. I can't, you know, make you read your, your Bible. But I'm just telling you, one of the reasons why you might not be dream, living that great dream for God because you've stopped growing. And you're not adding these, these qualities to your life. Finally, number eight, if a dream is from God, somehow it is going to be connected to His church and His plan for the world. If a dream truly is from God, somehow it's going to be connected to his church and his plan for the world. In other words, why in the world would God give you a self-centered dream? Unconnected to what he wants to do in the world. Man, he wants to use you for his dream, for his plan. Now, that begs the question. So, Pastor Chris, what is God's big overarching plan? Let me tell you. God is building a family. And God is collecting family members from every nation, every tribe, every language, every people group, every community where you live, work, and play. God did not create you to live on earth, to live a self-centered life where you get up, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed, make a little bit of money, retire, and die. Do you really think that's why he created you? Do you think God made you just to catch and to get a little bit of the American dream? No, absolutely not. He put all of us here to be a part of his grand plan of redemption. And if he gives you a dream, you get a dream from God, somehow, some way, it is going to be a part of his church and his plan for the world because that is what God is doing. You know, right before Jesus went back to heaven after the resurrection, he stayed around in Jerusalem for another 40 days, walking, talking to people, having dinner with people, just doing life with people. At one time, he spoke to over 500 people. By the way, that's why our faith is on solid ground. Because yes, Jesus went to the cross, he was crucified, but he rose from the dead. And he proved it by showing himself to hundreds of people. 
Okay? Make sure you got that. Now, after that, he gathered together his 12 disciples and he gives them his great dream, his great vision. We call it the Great Commission today. And it goes like this. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let me tell you something. The whole reason that this church started, the whole reason that every church all throughout history was ever started is because of this great commission right here. The great commission, it's your mission. It's my mission. The whole purpose of history is this. And if God is going to have a dream for your life, I don't care what it is, a very specific dream, somehow, some way, it is going to play a role and be connected to his overarching plan, the growth of the kingdom, the growth of the church, the building of his family, until one day, until one day, it is finally completed, or he either calls you home, or he splits the sky, and he comes again, and he takes us all home. Because that, my friends, is what life is all about. History is his story, and you're either a part of it, or you're not. Because you weren't put on this earth to live for yourself. Jesus said it this way. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. Some of you are losing life. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, what's the good news? It's this. It's Jesus. He said you will find true life. That's what God wants to do in your life. Let me ask you, why do you think we have all these problems in the world today? Do you actually believe that it's got something to do with who's the president of the United States or what, what political party is in power? Are you that ignorant? No, it's got nothing to do with that. Why do we have problems like poverty and disease and illiteracy and, and corruption? I will tell you why. Because God is waiting on his children. He's waiting on you and me to imagine, to dream the solutions, and to be the solution. And maybe God wants to use you in a way that you've never even dreamed of. You've never even thought to use you to make a significant difference in this world. Why not you say, why not? What if? What if me? Why couldn't I? Listen, the most important thing for you to remember is this. Jesus said, with man, with you and me, sure, it's it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So you pray and you ask God for direction. God, I'm not going to do this in my own ability. I'm going to do it in yours. I'm not looking at what I can do. I'm going to look at what you can do through me. I'm not letting, you know, the size of, of my gifts and my dreams and, and, and the size of my bank account determine the size of my dream. I'm going to let you determine the size of my dream. I'm going to move against my fears and my doubts because with you, all things are possible. Listen, God is looking for people who are tired of small thinking petty living, weak-willed goals, and self-centered dreams. You were made for so much more than to just have the American dream. You were made for far more than that. 
Don't live beneath your calling. You were made for God's dream. And God will use you if you'll say yes. If you'll walk by faith. What's your dream? I can or I can't. The choice is yours. What's God's dream for your family? For your job? Our church. Man, what do you see for our church? Dream with me. And is your dream somehow, someway connected to God's plan for this world? Say yes. Dare to believe. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? I want to pray a prayer this morning that could possibly change your life. You can pray this in your mind, pray this in your heart today. Just say, dear God, I have not been using my imagination. In fact, truthfully, I've, I've imagined things that I shouldn't have. Worry and fear and some ugly things that just aren't good. But I want to use my imagination to dream the dream that you've given me. I want my life to be shaped by you and not other people. Not by what my parents told me. Not by what society has told me. I want my life to be shaped by you and your dream. I want to live by faith. I want a great life built on a great dream. And I thank you, God, that your dream for my life is bigger than mine. And just like that man who came to you with that sick boy, I am saying to you today, God, I do believe, but help me with my doubts. I want to begin that daily quiet time with you today, reading some of your word and praying and talking to you where your spirit and your word refuel my heart. I want to grow my character. I want to grow up in Christ. I want to add to my faith so that the vision gets clearer and clearer. I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I want to attach my life to the greatest cause ever ever in the history of the world, the Great Commission, your goal of, of gathering a family that's going to be with you for all eternity. And I want what I do in some way to play a role in building your family. So as much as I know how today, I say yes. I say yes to you today. And if you are here today, if you're watching online, and you have never invited Jesus Christ into your life, just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, come into my life today. Make yourself real to me. I want to learn to trust you and love you. Father, I pray that you will raise up a generation of people who dream great dreams. Forgive us of, of petty thinking, self-centered living, and small goals. Father, help us to trust you. Help us to remember that when we call on Jesus, nothing is impossible. And I pray that you would start a movement in our, of our, in our church that all the forces of hell could not stop. And I pray it today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, 
Thanks for listening.